This is the S podcast. This is an MMA edition podcast or version of my podcast. We got a a decent card, I thought, in my opinion. Uh, I was really highly entertained, especially as far as far as this year in the UFC Fight Nights um, cards. I think this was the most entertaining. Oh, the most I've been entertained by the card. Now I had I know a lot of people had a lot of complaints about the main event. Uh, I'll start off there with the. Diago Santos versus Magomed Ankalaev. Uh, sometimes, you know, styles make fights. I don't necessarily think that means what people think it means as far as, you know, these two guys fight. It's always going to be like this. No, probably not. But this is what happened when the two strategies they came in with and how the rhythm of the fight kind of went with Ankalaev. Let me turn this mic a little bit. With Ankalaev um, being the aggressor but cautious and Diago Santos being at his best moving back. But also being cautious of the power uh, of Ankalaev, where he wasn't willing to, you know, necessarily take the chances that he, he usually takes. It is, ends up being kind of like a Ankalaev coming forward, fainting, staring contests. He's obviously landing the better shots. But like I said, Diego Santos is at his best moving backwards. So it's more of a credible threat than like if Magomed came you know, took a step back, kind of let Thiago lead the dance, and then Thiago gets a little more wild, a little more openings for uh, Magomed to land and maybe be effective and kind of get something impressive going. Just w- this wasn't the fight to do it, right? So he just takes a unanimous decision win off of this fight. Um, one score being 47-48, which is a terrible scorecard. This was a one-sided fin- uh, win for Magomed, and it, it, it was never up to the air like that. It just really wasn't. I know that I know Luke Thomas is really high on Ankalaev, and I think a lot of people are. It kind of has to do with just the heavyweight division not being that very not that strong, and you just kind of wanting the new guy, new challenger, new threat to the title. Um, I I didn't see I, I, before this fight I wasn't really high on him as far as like he's gonna be champion. This is the guy. I think he's definitely going to be a contender. He probably will fight for a title or at least a normal contender spot at one point in his career. I just don't think it's a guarantee that he is going to be the next champion. This is the next guy. I, I don't see that from him. There's not His striking isn't special enough to where you know, it's that devastating, that dominant compared to a guy like Diago Santos. Um, he does have he can mix in takedowns. He does a good, uh, good grappler. He can go to that. But I just not seeing like the you know, uh, what's the name? Bryce Mitchell just fought. Um, and I just didn't, I, I know he won. I know he was effective, but I just didn't see like the wow factor where it's like this one style, he's going to be able to apply it and it's going to be a problem for everyone. I don't think that Michael met. I think if he gets a standard fight with a guy like Texera, he could, he could have a problem. He gets a standard fight with Jerry who makes a lot of mistakes and Michael will be able to capitalize on him, but he also, you know, is creative and is, you know, a devastating striker. Uh, Michael Meg might have problems with a guy like, um, uh, John, so it's just I, it's not a for sure thing. I think he's going to definitely be a contender in a, in a division that's kind of weak, if we're being honest. But I'm not going to say it's guaranteed that he's going to be the champion. I don't I don't know that. Now he might be showing up at the right time, especially with a guy like Jerry who makes a lot of mistakes and takes a lot of chances, and most likely will get knocked out uh, a few points in his career just because of the way he fights. So we'll see that going forward. But I thought overall, not the best fight. Um, was one-sided to show me that Magomed is ready for all the, you know, ready to compete with anyone in this weight division. I just don't know if I favor him over everyone in this weight division. In the coming event, we have Marlon Moraes versus Song Yondong. And uh, Yondong, who I picked to get, get the KO 
uh, in the first round, which she ends up getting. A lot of it because Marlon Marais makes a lot of mistakes. He's very stiff. He doesn't have a chin anymore. And Song covers a lot of space really quick. He has very quick hands. He has very, you know, uh, some good combinations. Very pinpoint. He's very, uh, his hand and eye coordination or his hand and fist coordination, I should say, is very good. He's a, he's a very good fighter. I want to see what his, let's see what his, let's see what his, uh, I think he just, like he, he's on a three fight win streak, right? With a split decision or Kenny, a KO over Arce and a KO over Marais. He's moving in the right direction. He does have a decision loss to Phillips, but he's on a good streak. He's on a real good streak here, actually. And hasn't, has only one loss since 2016. Okay. And there's a lot of KOs in there. He, he's been in the UFC for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fights. And in that, he has one loss, one draw, and oh, process elimination, eight wins. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, I'm counting here wrong. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight wins. You know, it's, it's two minus, it's, it's ten minus two, so it's, it's, I shouldn't even have to count. But for some reason, it looked like a lot of W's up there. And I was like, Seems like more than eight, but just common sense, right? Just applying it and anyone just listening at home is like, this guy's an idiot because he actually had to count that out. But I, I like what I'm seeing from him. I think he's, uh, I got to look at this uh, Kyler Phillips fight again to see, you know, what went wrong for him in this fight. Well, Kyler Phillips is, uh, you know, is having some success in UFC as well. Not his last fight, he got a sub, but the fight before they lost a majority decision. Um, but I just think this guy looks really good. If you're going to stand with him, you're going to have problems. And he's going to be able to catch you because he's really quick. His foot speed, though, is the thing that I'm like, this is like the special thing. He's 24 years old. This guy's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem in the um, featherweight division. The bantamweight, sorry, in the bantamweight division. I was really impressed. I know Mullen Marais is a guy that is definitely on the backside of his career. Maybe not everything he was made out to be in. You touch him, he's going to go sleep. But he did exactly, once again, he did exactly what he needed to do, what this fight needed to look like. That's what Yudong did. And he got a name under his belt now. And now he's going to enter around the top 10 point with the, the big dogs and get some more names in this division. But I'm very excited. I think he has a bright future ahead of him. And I'm, that hand speed, the pinpoint of that, he's going to be a problem. And he's only 24 years old. I want to talk about Khalil Roundtree, who's a light heavyweight. Um looked effective he, he kind of does this right where he looks effective he looks uh super aggressive with that mutai style i don't think this is like a consistent thing that he could keep up i've just seen it too many times where especially like may you have guys like this where you know look if he just put together there's a reason why he doesn't put together he's not consistent that style is leads to a lot of like 50 50 chances of whether you could get hit or he could hit you and you you don't win like that consistently he's very entertaining he's Gonna get a lot of opportunities on on uh, main cards, on um, pay per view cards like that because of how entertaining he is and how entertaining his style is and how thin light heavyweight is. But when you give people too many opportunities, fifty fifty chances to land on you, you're gonna get knocked out. The best fight of the night and the fight that I told you was gonna be the fight of the night was Drew Dober versus Terrence McKinney. Now I thought Terrence McKinney was gonna be able to pull out a decision on here, but Terrence McKinney came out fast like I told you would, and he got a lot of success when he started off fast, and he dropped Drew Dober a few times, and he takes him down at will, and he just looks like just a superior fighter. But I did see that he was stiff, and I did see that if Drew Dober got in, which Drew Dober's pretty good when he gets on the inside, and has some pop, and the way he loops punches allows him to be very effective on the inside. 
I knew that I was like, oh, if you could just step in on him and put it on him, he, he'd probably get Terrence McKinney a lot of problems. And I knew that this fight would be super competitive. I knew that Drew Dober was durable. So I was like, there's going to be points where Terrence McKinney can get landed on. And it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts to that. It's funny, too, because I had something to do early on the, during the midday of Saturday. So when I got home, this card had already played out. And I didn't get any spoilers on Twitter, but I did see, like, someone say that Terrence McKinney is going to be a problem, right? So I'm assuming going into this fight, Terrence McKinney wins this fight. And it looks like it's heading in that direction. And in my head, I say, well, Drew Dober would have just, you know, kind of gotten the inside of him. I think he could have had a lot more success. And then he does. And then Drew Dober stops him. And I'm like, Oh, didn't expect that. And then I go and look on Twitter and people are still saying like, Terrence McKinney's a problem. Terrence McKinney's going to, uh, you know, be a problem in lightweight division. And he's still, you know, going to be a tough out for anyone. And I'm not against that because I've done that before. I've seen guys lose and I'm like, well, he's not done and he's going to be a problem. And that guy will be a world champion or, you know, and I do see a lot of good things for Terrence McKinney, but I do see a one giant problem. And that's when someone gets on the inside, he's very stiff and he doesn't know what to do. And he, when he has success, he continues on success, and he really eats it up, and he he gets greedy, and he gets to puts himself in positions where he gets greedy. Now, Drew Dober is not a world beater. He's a very he's a good fighter though, and he's durable, and he's gonna be a guy that stays on a UFC card uh, roster for a long time. But if Terrence McKinney was ready to go to that next level, he beats Drew Dober. He wasn't. This was a little bit too much for him. Um, I. I Think Drew Dober winning fights is not a bad bad thing because he's a very entertaining fighter to watch. I think Terrence McKinney's probably going to have to go to the drawing board a little bit and somehow how to figure out that pace of how to pace these fights and get a little bit more, you know, um, just a little smarter in that cage of 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 how he's using his energy. Just because he's having success, maybe is that allowing him to be a little bit more too easy to read. On the, does he have a defense from the inside? What is his game plan when someone gets in on him? Maybe just the head movement. But he showed all the good things you could possibly see. Everything that people say was so good about him, he showed that. But now he showed a lot of holes, too, where you're like, okay. And a lot of times, even if you have more positive things than you do have holes in your game, sometimes one hole in your game can ruin everything that you have positive. So he's going to have to change that. He's going to have to adjust that. I do think pacing is going to be always an issue for him because that's just in his nature that he has success. He's going to keep pushing for it. And he doesn't have that, you know, the knowledge or maybe just like whatever it is to say like, Hey, don't keep acting on this. Even though you're landing here over time, it's going to get readable or I'm just giving this guy too many of this. Look, he hasn't been able to, and I've, the fights I've seen previously, I said that I was like, he gets off a fast start and he kind of just continues on it. And he's been successful to that point, but that confidence of getting those knockouts again, those early stoppages, they could be a problem in a fight where a guy's durable, like Drew Dober. Now, the first fight of the card, and I think this is the one that I think most people are off on, on their opinion of, is uh, Alex Pereira versus Bruno Silva. In a fight that I told you Pereira was just a superior fighter to Silva, but Silva gave uh, Pereira, uh, Pereira, Pereira everything, Alex, everything he wanted. And he would be able to do whatever he wanted, and that's what happened in this fight. He did whatever he wanted against a guy that's twenty-two and you know twenty-two and six before his fight in MMA, and he's landing all the shots. Now he doesn't get the highlight reel stoppage. I'll give you that, but that doesn't mean that it's a bad performance. This is still a damn good performance, and it wasn't like uh, Silva didn't go for takedowns. It didn't like Silva didn't use any MMA techniques. He did, and Alex was able to respond. Now, is Alex ready to be a 
top 10 wrestler. No, no, he's not. He's not there. And I'll gladly say that. But you also have to look at it. See, people, we look at it like the same way for everything. And not every case fits in the same way. In the middleweight division, Israel Adesanya is running through the division, right? And he's getting to the point where he's rematching guys he already beat. And like I said before, Bruno uh, Brunson almost got a title shot. Right? And Brunson's a guy that Izzy completely ran through. So when you think of that, right, and think of that, they're going to have to get start getting creative here now with matchups. And then you think of what's an interesting storyline. And you think that Alex, who knocked out Izzy in a kickboxing match. And Izzy, who uses mainly only kickboxing in his MMA fights. You don't think that would be an interesting matchup? You don't think that's not something someone could sell? You don't think that if you're looking for credible opponents to Israel Adesanya, that Alex isn't a credible opponent? I'm sorry, he is. And this was not a bad performance. It wasn't what you wanted it to be. It wasn't what you were expecting. But it wasn't a bad performance. Because it was completely one-sided. And he used a lot of good techniques. And he didn't look out of control. He didn't look wild. It didn't look like it was too much for him. He looked like he was kind of cruising. In a fight that gets an experienced MMA fighter. Now I'm curious to see how they match going forward. But don't be surprised. If he wins three more fights. And he starts talking title, title shot here. In a division that Izzy's already ran through. Don't be surprised you see that. And I'm not saying that Alex Pereira is going to run through everyone. I don't. I, I think, you know, he's. I believe he's like 34 years old. He's never going to be like a match of the ground. Maybe you know, as the fights go, as it keeps going on, he gets more comfortable. Though he's not going to be so afraid of someone trying to go for takedowns. And he's he's gaining what works in MMA as far as his striking. He's only going to get better. Now, will he get to a level where he can constantly compete with guys in the top 10? Who knows? I'm, I'm not there to say yes or no on that. But I'm saying that he might not even have to to get a title shot. That's just the truth of it. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the S.